kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You can almost hear the crackling of vowels, the crunch of consonants as my tongue and lips play catch with the same eight words like they're in conversation with themselves. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The words start asking questions like, how do I repent from my transgressions? What is this kingdom that moves in without a procession? Is there a difference between earthly empires and one come from heaven? How close is near and what is its expression? If spirit is stomach and food requires digestion, then it is the process of chewing that we may call meditation. It's the required repetition of holy recollection, recollecting words and murmuring bites of reflection, but we prefer ingestion instead of obsession. We would rather fill our bellies with a fast food sundae of spoon-fed liquid lunch than to sit with eight words and let that be enough. So to a generation that requires meditation but has forgotten how to, I tell you one thing. Don't forget to chew. For you have eaten much, shoved God in your mouth, plunged mysteries down your throats, filled your bellies with life, and transformed transformation into waste. You have been served ancient delicacies of grace and truth, but washed them down with a communion cracker and a shot of juice. Oh, don't forget to chew. For you have tasted nothing and have digested even less. You have mouthfuls of church, but I can't even smell Christ on your breath. Chew a little longer on the bread of life. Those loaves of truth will age in your mouth like the finest of wine. Keep a word between your teeth at all time like love. Oh, never stop biting on love. Let it get stuck between your molar and wisdom. Suck on it until all the flavor has gone and you've tasted all the subtleties of peace, joy, sacrifice, suffering, passion, intimacy, and hope found in that one sweet bite of love. Then, once every taste is divined, swallow and let the truth you've refined permeate your life, medicate your strife, renovate your mind, penetrate what's blind, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, repent for the kingdom of heaven is now inside. It has been masticated thoroughly, taken root and yielded life for this blessed truth first passed through my lips and gums, my tongue and cheek and every tooth. Meditate a little longer on the Spirit's fruits. Eat all you can of this feast prepared for you. But remember this, my hungry family. Never forget to chew. Well, good morning, everyone. We're so glad you're joining us. I, I was looking for the videos to play as I do every week, and, and I stumble upon this one, and, and I love the spoken word. It's different than what we normally will hear, especially in the church world, but it's so powerful, particularly for this generation, and, and I was really getting into it until that last little bit where he puts it on the blender and, and just, you know, just blends it all up, and I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, that was a little bit of a woof, but I do love how that is just there, and it is, it's it's repeating what John the Baptist said over and over again. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. 
And it was right before Jesus came onto the scene. And so he's the forerunner. He's the one who's preparing the way for Jesus. And that's his words over and over again. And and if I can just take a second to break that down, repent for the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is here now. And we're talking about how there's two lives that we can go into, the life that's the world's way or the, the life that is God's way. And John was saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And can I just tell you, repent means just to turn around. It means take it from how you've been doing life your own way and start pursuing the kingdom of God, for it is now. But it requires meditation. It requires us to think about things because we can't just immediately make meaningless decisions and detours or U-turns on our lives. But it requires us to meditate. It requires us to think about it. So think about those words. Chew on those words of God. As you read through the Bible, to let those things just meditate and and just permeate down inside of you, marinate even inside of you. And of course, I love the fact that he's using the ingredients and he's blending it all up and baking the brownies, and it was was pretty cool. Anyway, so as we continue on, this is actually our last message in this series that we started called Ingredients. And if you've been listening to me, you've heard me say over and over again, but this started from a conversation I had with a friend. And, and ministering and just it, the, the conversation came up that oh, I pray every single day. And we put a huge priority and premium on prayer at this church. And we believe, as Michael said a few minutes ago, prayer changes things. That When we involve God into our lives, that things get changed. So prayer is like at the very top. We have two times a year we do 21 days of prayer. So I'm not minimizing prayer in any way. However, can I tell you that prayer alone is not enough. But we have to take the additional steps and do the other things that Christ said to do. And so we've been looking at the last few weeks the different ingredients that I believe that are necessary. And I'm following the, the whole image of, of baking a cake as I was taught how to do when I was uh, uh, living at home. And my mom's a great baker and cook. And we have all the different ingredients. And as I've said every week, if we leave an ingredient out, or we just try and do it with a couple, we don't get the same results. So we've looked at in the past weeks, and they're all available on our SoundCloud, as Michael was talking about. It's in iTunes, our podcast. Everywhere you can find your podcast, we're there under Belong Church. So we'd love it if you guys go and, and get, get into that. Of course, on our, our online campus, we've got the previous weeks, and Michael's working really good. We're live on YouTube again for the second week. I'm just so happy about how we made some changes in our technology, and everything's working so well. But you can go back and listen to these messages. And we looked at prayer, and obviously it's the first one that we talked about. And prayer is so paramount. It's so powerful. It's so necessary in our life. And the next one is the word or, or the speaking, the word of God in our lives. And we looked at endurance or perseverance. That I'm going to keep going even though it doesn't work immediately right away. The first time, I'm still going to keep going. We looked at it was a relationship. That it's something that it's not just something we do. It's not just a checkbox, but it's, it's something that is a relationship like I have with my wife and spending time with her and enjoying spending time with her and, and cuddling and just, you know, hugging and kissing. And I just love her so much and makes me want to just fast forward to the end so I can go do more of that before she has to go to work. But anyway, we looked at then it was faith and faith took two weeks to go into because there's so much into faith. 
Then we looked at this a testimony. That's how we've overcome the, the work of the enemy. And, and this, the work of the enemy so much around us all the time, trying to take us down. And it says in the end of Revelation that they, that talking about us, overcame the enemy by the words of our testimony and the work of Christ on the cross. It's first and foremost the work of Christ and the blood that he sacrificed for us. And second of all, word of our testimony. So when God takes us through something, we're to share and tell other people about it. So we overcome and then we're able to win some others by our own testimony. Then we looked at we're better together, that we're never meant to do life alone. And that's one of our hearkening calls from this church, from the, from the word go and the, everything is all built around hashtag we're better together. That's what we're all about is being together and getting through life, doing life together. And last week we looked at worship and we ended with a worship song and we looked at how worship changes our environment. We looked at when the world's way and the, the demonic and the enemy and even depression and all these things that come upon us that can be afflicting us, we can go and worship God. Just put on your iPod, put on a song on your phone, put it on your earbuds, put them on anywhere you can and just let God's presence come around you. Of course, our, our text that we've been looking at this entire time is found in John chapter 10. Verse 10, in the NIV, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And, and the way I see it is there's two different hands. There's two different worlds that we can live in. So the one is over here, and this is the world's way, and, and that's just what is natural. That's what just happens. There's always somebody trying to steal your joy. There's somebody always trying to rob from you. And there, ultimately, the devil wants to kill you. He wants to take you out. He's always telling people to commit suicide and, and to end your life. And, and that's why all his answers are over here. But I love how Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life. But not just life, but I love the last part. To the full. To the full. Like overflowing. Like there's so much life of God inside of you that it's bubbling off of you and flowing onto everybody else. I love that. I love that word picture I get from, do, from when I think about that. So last week we talked about worship, as I mentioned just a minute, but I didn't get to quite finish all of it. And I think it, it bears just jumping back into that thread and that stream just for a minute to talk about and finish up the worship part because there's so much that is here, but it also just it blends in as all the rest of them do with one another. And we talked about that one of my greatest joys in life is when I get to be around people who are singing and, and just vocals. And whether there's instruments or not, it doesn't matter. But just hearing vocalizing on either side and someone singing soprano, someone singing alto, someone else singing tenor and finding your part in there and, and just being able to match and blend your voices. And there's no greater joy for me personally. There's nothing that's more fun and enjoyable and just stress relieving and it's just the best thing in the world and I don't get to do it nearly enough that when I find that place and I grew up um, when I was a young child having that thing on Saturday night and other times with my family so I think that's really what instilled it inside of me but it just really just joins with one another is amazing 
But can I tell you, when you're sitting in the middle of that and you hear one on this side and one on this side and one here and we're all just using our gift and using our vocal cords and using spoken song and, and our vocals to, to blend with one another, that there's something that happens in that that's better than just one of us. One of us can be the most amazing person in the world, but we had two or three others and we are better together. That's why groups like Truth that I grew up with, and Mr. Breland was one of my mentors. I'm so pleased with God having brought him across my path. And just being able to be a part of Truth in their vocals, and it just inspires them. It just makes me soar. In fact, I have to watch and use a cruise control when I listen to my truck, or I will end up driving 30 miles over the speed limit because I get so excited. But you see, worship creates an atmosphere. And we said it's not simply a time filler to get people who are running late to church to get here. It's an expression of who we are to God. And what we were going to finish up with last week, if you turn with your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, God is spirit. Literally, spirit meaning wind or breath. And I just want to pause there. And remember when God created Adam, and he made him out of the dust of the earth, and he formed him, and he made all this image, and he just laid there dead without life. And what does it say? God breathed spirit into him. See, it says here, God is spirit. So God put his spirit inside of us. And those who worship him, God, must worship him in wind, in breath, in spirit, and in truth, which means be real and be truth. Be true about what's going on. God, I've got this struggle, but I'm giving it to you that even in the midst of my struggle, you're God. I worship you regardless of what's going on around me. But you see, just before this scripture, in in verse 23, it says, but an hour is coming, Jesus says, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks. Another translation says, the the Father seeking those, he's looking all over for people who are going to worship him, that are going to give him his place, that aren't going to look at what's going on on, in the natural all around them, but is going to say, Father, I'm turning even in the midst of my struggles, and I'm giving you worship. So as we conclude this last week of this whole series that that just wasn't meant to be a series, it just kind of stumbled upon and just happened, I want us to look at giving our worship to God. And living life to the full isn't a life free from problems. It's living the God kind of life of being able to say, regardless of what's going on around me, what's coming at me, what's trying to latch onto me and pull me down, I'm going to use the ingredients of life to the full, and I'm going to have the best life. I'm going to live my best life, even with the most struggle and the most difficulties around me. If you'll turn to your Bible, we're just going to hit a couple of scriptures really quick. In Jeremiah 29, 12, it'll be up on the screen. If you don't want to follow, you can go back and look them up and highlight, make notes later. Verse 12, it says, Then you will call on me, God says, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. First, we talked about prayer. And now we see God says, hey, when you pray, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer. I love that when God says, when you call to me, 
I'm going to answer. So it's not like I'm just calling out into space going, I don't know if there's a God up there or not. I don't know if this is really happening. God says, no, there's a confidence you can have. When you call on me, I will answer. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. In other words, God's going to tell you stuff you can't Google. It's unsearchable things. There's things that no one knows the answer to. God says, when you call to me, when you seek me, I'm going to give you those answers. But can I tell you something? This is something to write down in your notes if you're taking notes with me. Answers only come when you're quiet. Answers only come when you're quiet. Think about it. Have you ever known somebody who's always talking about their problems? They're always talking. They never shut up. They're searching for the answer. They just constantly talk about how they're searching for their problem or for their answer. And you, you might even have something to tell them. And you try to talk, but you can't because they're still talking. Can I remind you of the, the courtroom, the way it's designed, and you've got the, the judge up here, and you've got the prosecutor over here, the one that's saying all the bad stuff and accusing you, the accuser over here, and then you've got the defendant over here. And our system, and most of the world's system, is you have a defense attorney who speaks for you. And what does he say? Keep your mouth shut. So when this guy over here and all the people are maybe telling lies, they're saying all these bad things about you, he's like, shh, don't respond. Keep your mouth shut. But you see, what we want to do, or maybe you're not like me, I, what I want to do is I just want to go, no, that's not right. That's a lie. No, 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 you miss, you're, you're switching that all up. And, and maybe you want to defend yourself, or maybe I want to defend myself. But even in our court of law, it says, defense attorney goes, I'm going to be quiet. You're going to be quiet. We're going to let all these things go. And the answers are going to come when we're quiet. Then we're able to respond appropriately, not react. James chapter 1, verse 19 says, My bro- dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to what? Listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. But don't we, if you're like me, do the exact opposite of that? We are really quick to speak and quick to become angry, and we're really slow to listen. See, there's two worlds that we can live in. The world's way is just to be quick to be angry and quick to run our mouths and quick to, but then there's the other way that's life to the fullest. says, hey, shh, be quick to listen. Let your default action be to listen. Verse 20 says, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Can I say, he's pointing to that same analogy that there's two worlds over here and your human anger is going to produce unrighteousness. It's going to produce this life that's just robbing and stealing and killing. But righteousness that God desires is living over here. Listening. Slow to speak. Verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word 
Remember one of the things that we looked at in the ingredients is the word of God. Do not just simply listen to the world, the word, and so deceive yourself. So, yeah, 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 I just heard it. But do what it says. See, there's action involved with hearing the word of God. Listening to it, contemplating it, letting the meditation of it then translate into your doing helps translate you over here into this world. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. Can I say, interject that right there? He says, if you're pursuing this life to the full, if you're pursuing the things that I'm telling you to do, Jesus is saying, it gives you freedom. And you continue in it, then you're heading in this direction towards life to the full. And they'll be blessed in what they do. Verse 26 is an ouchie. Those who consider themselves righteous, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. If you ask people in the world today about religion, and you just even say that word religion, it has such a negative connotation. Why? Because there's so many people throughout our recent history and today that consider themselves to be righteous, yet do not keep a rein on their tongue. And what they have to offer and say that I'm a Christian, it's in the Bible, it's not me saying it, it's worthless. The world says, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm better off over here than you are over there. At least I know I'm whatever. But you've deceived your own self. Ouchie. Revelations 3.20 says, Jesus is saying this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Now I've heard this growing up in the Country Baptist Church. Every altar call that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking and he's asking, can he come in? And that's absolutely true. But can I put it into another context this morning? That he still stands at the door of our lives and knocks. And he's asking you, if anyone hears my voice, if you're listening to what God is saying, it obviously, absolutely begins with the first time you hear him call and say, come to me. That moment where you say, okay, today's my day and I'm going to accept being a Christ follower. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to take that step. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's absolutely the first time. May I suggest to you it's not the only time. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, now here's where I see relationship. I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. See, it isn't just simply a matter of Jesus coming into your heart and go, okay, you accepted me? Okay, I'm off to the next one. Knock, knock, knock. No, he says, hey, I desire to have a relationship with you. 
I'm going to come and I'm going to hang with you. I'm even going to sit down and eat with you and you with me. And I don't care how personal relationship you have with someone, when you are having a meal with them, you're sharing a meal with them, and, and you're dining with them, and, and you're, you're just there, that's the most casual, awesome experience in a friendship. I don't think my wife enjoys it as much as I do, but one of my greatest joys is just to go and eat with her. In fact, many times I'll get in the car and I'm like, you're going to be really surprised by this, but I'm hungry right now. And she and the kids always laugh at me and and they make fun of me on that, actually. But I love to be with them. I love to be with her and just have lunch, just have a meal with her. Just If it's nothing more than just drinking water and having some bread, just whatever, and just that casual calmness that we can set, as rare as that happens, that we can just have time together with each other. And that's the analogy that God says Jesus is standing at our door and saying, won't you come? If you open the door, I'm going to come in. And I want to have a relationship with you. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. So it's not simply a matter of just hearing the word of God. See, just coming to church on Sunday morning or listening to a podcast or watching it after the fact, whenever you're getting, it, just that one hour, that 20 minutes or how long this message is going to be, just listening to that is not enough. We got to put it into practice. See, that putting into practice is heading over here to life to the full. It's not an automatic response. If you'll turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at the story of Mary. And and we normally only listen to the stories of Mary and read in Luke chapter 2 at Christmas time. It's our favorite time to talk about all this stuff. But I want us to look at some crazy things and see her response. Now, I want to, you probably already know this about her, but she's this young teenage girl who gets visited by an angel who says, You found favor with God. And you're going to become pregnant by God, and you're going to have the Savior of the world. And in her mind of faith and not understanding, she goes, how can this be? And the shortcut of the story is basically, he's like, hey, just trust me. It's all going to work out. So she has Jesus. She goes through all the shame of being accused and thought even by her espoused husband to be that she had, you know, relations with someone else. She's walked through all this shame and all these problems, and now she's had Jesus. And here we pick up in verse 15. Now the shepherds are out in the field, and they appeared angels with them and gave them this great news of what happened in verse 15. And when the angels had left the shepherds and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see what thing has happened, which the Lord just told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them, what the angels had told them about this child. And all who heard them were amazed at what the shepherds It said to them, verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
So here Mary says in the beginning, be it unto me according to your word. I, I don't know how this can be. This doesn't make sense to me. She goes, okay, I'm going to be quiet. It happens, and she's seen the, the fulfillment and the revelation of just rolling out in front of her. And, and so the, the angels appear to the shepherds. They show up, and they come like, oh, my gosh, this is what we, we saw. The angels, they're telling the story to her, and she just hides it all in her heart. She's quiet. She thinks about it. Sometimes we get prophecies, and, and, and I, I deal with a lot of people in the world who, who talk about the, the fortune tellers and the, the tarot cards and all the different things that are demonic and all this stuff, and, and the, that's the evil side of, of what God's Spirit does. But God's Spirit of telling prophecies of what's going to happen in the future is legitimate and truthful. And, and you'll get a prophecy. Can I tell you? We need to be like Mary. Treasure it up. Ponder it. Saying, God, I don't understand what this word is. But I'm going to ponder it. I'm just going to meditate on it. See, we have to listen. In fact, listening is so important and keeping your mouth shut that when Zechariah got the word of John the Baptist, we started off talking about John the Baptist and the word that he had from God. He wasn't able to be trusted by God enough that he shut his mouth. He had an angel shut his mouth until John the Baptist was born. Can I suggest to you this morning that quiet time added into your life with God gives him an opportunity to give you the answers you've been searching for. That's a mouthful. I'm going to say it again. Quiet time added into your life with God. See, it's, it's something you've got to intentionally put there. The word we just saw says, be quick to listen. We have to be intentional with that. It's not an automatic response. Quiet time added into your life with God gives him an opportunity to give you answers that you've been searching for. I started off asking if you've heard, if you've been around that person, if you know that person that's just constantly talking, and you're like, hey, I got the answer for you, but they can't hear you talking because they're talking. May I suggest to you that our Father God has answers that we've been asking and crying out for? Maybe we haven't added the time quiet. The power of being quiet. The, qui- the power of stillness. I believe that many people miss out on their blessings. Can I say it like this? Because they never shut up. I believe that many people miss out on what God said. Hey, there's a better life over here. I've got the answers for you. Hey, oh, you're still talking. Hey, hey. Uh, I'll wait. He's so patient. He's so kind. But he says, I have answers for you that are unsearchable. Things that you can't even find anywhere. I have them here for you. Oh, you're still talking. Add quiet time 
into your prayer time. We looked at the first 15, that when you first wake up in the morning, that the first 15 minutes when you're awake, that you spend five minutes worshiping and five minutes praying and five minutes reading from the one-year Bible. Just five minutes each one of those. Can you add just another minute in there to listen? When you're praying, can you maybe take a minute out of your prayer request and say, okay, God, now I'm just going to meditate. God, I'm just going to wait for you to answer. I saw in your word that you have answers for me. You have things that are unsearchable unqu- un- un- and, and, and things that are this incredible knowledge of everything. And you're God. You created everything. You know things beyond anything that's even been created up till now. You know beyond that. You know absolutely everything. I guess I could wait and listen. But the same way we put ourselves in a posture of prayer, the same way we put ourselves in a posture of worship. Can we put ourselves in a posture of listening? We you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Can you, even in your time, say, okay, God, I'm going to be quiet now. I'm asking you to speak to your servant. If you're a lady, say, your daughter listens. If you're a, a, a man, will you say, your, your son is listening? I know it's an intentional play on words, but can you have face time with God? Can you have that intentional time where you're like, I'm here and I'm waiting? And we talked about the first step and, and Jesus knocking at the door and saying, I'm here, will you let me in? It's really the very, very, very first step is to accept him and to surrender your life to him. And if you haven't done that, I want to invite you this morning. Every week I'm going to invite you. It's not pressuring you. But today may be your day. If you are ready today, then I ask you to simply start that journey by saying this simple prayer. I want to invite you to follow me. If that's you, say, Jesus, I've tried to do it on my own. But my life's a mess. And I realize that I need you. I ask you to come and sort it all out. Save me and change me. Help me to learn what repent means. To change and start seeking after you instead of seeking the way that I've always known. Show me what and how to do it. I'm changing my mind. I choose not to live by what I see but by what your word says. I choose to trust in you today. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, 
I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer, whether it's the first time or like when I was younger, many, many times. Lord, that you're leaning down, listening to us when we pray to you. In the same way you have prayer to answer back to us, you hear us. Lord, I give you all the glory. Lord, I pray that we have learned through the different ingredients of how to live life to the full. God, that we can, we can see a difference in the lives that we can live. Lord, we continue to search through that uphill road to live life to the full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if that's you and you've made that decision this morning, you prayed that prayer with us, you're ready to jump on that journey and take the next step, I want to invite you to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. Again, I will say it. Text the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 469-289-1114. And I want to invite you to put into practice what we've been talking about. Next week is Palm Sunday. The week after that is Easter. It's already upon us, if you can believe it. Invite somebody. Use the words of your testimony. Even if you just decided to follow Christ today, you have a testimony. You have something to say of the path that you have walked on that's led you to here and invite somebody. And for everyone who's watching online and everyone in the room with us as well in the building, if you want to give, we encourage you to to do that and to be a part of what God is doing here with us. And you can do that by going to givetobelong.com. It's on our website. It's on our app. There's many different ways you can do that. But you can simply go to givetobelong.com. And it's real simple to follow the steps that there is. Well, if you'll stand to your feet with us this morning, we're going to pray and be dismissed. And there's a bucket by the door for everyone here that you can drop your offering envelopes into and your connection cards on your way to face the rest of your day. All right. Father, we just give you all the glory and all the honor. Lord, I thank you for everyone watching online who's listening after the fact. Lord, the ones that are here with us. Lord, I thank you for the great gift that you've given us in a relationship with you. Lord, I ask that you would take our words and you will multiply them back. God, that we're able to make a difference in everyone's lives around us. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone who's filled out a connection card, over everyone who's sent in a prayer request. Father God, I pray for everyone who's given their tithes and their offerings. Lord, I speak a blessing over them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.